0: for listening to our podcast recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. I'd just like to um, start my talk on um, our culture of se- um, establishing a culture of generosity with two verses. Um Psalm thirty-seven. It's two promises, actually. Psalm thirty-seven, verse four. It says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." So that's a promise. If you delight yourself in the Lord, you've got to work out what that means. But you've got to delight yourself in Him. He has said that He will give you the desires of your heart. And it was so helpful what was shared earlier on today about that. The second promise I want to start this talk with is from Psalm 112, verse 5 and 6 from the um, Living Bible. It says this, All goes well for the generous man who conducts his business fairly. So that's generosity and integrity. Okay. All goes well for the generous man who conducts, his business fairly. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all, all who see it. So that's fascinating, isn't it? It's just, what, what, the, Psalm, what the psalmist isn't saying is um, if you are generous, you'll never have any problems. He's not saying that. But in life's problems, because Jesus said, you'll have problems in this world. But the generous man, God protects him in a special way, not just him, but his family and his business. Because he's he's demonstrating something of the Father's heart. He's learnt some secrets of the kingdom of heaven that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And that's in the Old Testament. That's an amazing verse that I only really discovered this week. So today we're we're, continue, we're, we're concluding our mini series on our setting our culture at Gateway. Um, we've as a Greek culture we've, we've looked at and one the first one. If you can have that slide up of honouring God's presence. Yeah, where are we can we have that thrown? Come on, you can tell me what the there we go. A culture of prioritising His presence. A culture of honour. So we honour one another, not just in the church, but particularly out there in the world, neighbours, friends, family, and also our workplace. A culture of encouragement. A culture of risk-taking faith. And today, a culture of generosity. And you will find, if you've not already done so, that they all interlink. And you'll find, particularly today, what we're looking at, a culture of generosity, there's very strong links to the culture of honour and the culture of risk-taking faith. So it's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing that God's doing with us in giving this, this uh, list of cultures that we're now getting simulated with. I, I just want to say, we, Sue and I, uh, we, are, we are personally, I no, you are too. but we're personally loving discovering this stuff on, on, a, on another level. It's just, it's transforming us. It really is transforming us. It's transforming opportunities to share our faith. Um, this last week, we've been... I'm not normally this colour, um, but we've been away for a, a, a week's holiday in Coz. It was a great time. Um, we love the sun and all that stuff. And... Um, we, we'd been saving up for one of the evenings on, on this resort where you could go and you can have a special romantic meal at the signature restaurant. So we'd save up especially for this. You know, my expectations, anticipation were high that it would be a great evening, a, you know, a great evening. And uh, it was a sunset was there and it was Romantico and the first course came along. I thought, oh, yeah, OK, well, well, that's not too bad. I'll have mussels. You know, I can get muscles somewhere else a lot cheaper, but it's the atmosphere, yeah, and uh, the ambiance. And uh, then we come to the main course, and I, I got my main course, and uh, I'd had lamb, and uh, I, I love lamb. And I uh, uh, t- um, tasted the gravy, and it was so salty, it could have preserved the lamb for future generations. <laughs> you know what? You've you ever, you ever, ever been in that situation? What do you do now? Now, I I will always be honest with you. um, (laughs) I'm a bit cramped here for space. The first thing I thought of, well, I could could pretend to be choking with thirst. That will sort of embarrass them. Um, Secondly, conduct a ministry of laying hands on the chef. (laughs) Um, Third option, which is what I normally would have done, would ask for a refund. Um, and that's the most tempting option. Um, I've learned from bitter experience when I've been taking my wife out for a meal is that don't do that because it, it just wrecks any future romantic um, opportunities that evening. It just it, just, it kills it. So I want, I want righteousness, integrity. She wants romance. And so I've got to get the balance right. So I had to find another option. And, that, and we, what we're learning to do is, Holy Spirit, how would you have us behave in this situation. And so we've been thinking about the culture of honour and uh, culture of generosity. So the, the waitress came. They didn't want to talk because you, you put the plate of food at your side and they all know you're not happy with that food. So everybody avoids you until one... you have to, They have to take the plate away. So the waitress came and took, we explained, look, I can't eat it, it's too salty. And she was so gracious, she was so kind I thought, we've got to learn this stuff. So I, I said, I just want to say to you, you, you are so good at your job. And so that, she didn't expect that because she expected she was going to get the, the verbals that was reserved for the chef. And so at the end of the evening, um, it's actually halfway, halfway through that, the, 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 the actual manager came. He looks like J. John lookalike, by the way, in Greece, you know, J. John lookalike. And um, he, uh, he, he, he said, is everything OK? He said, no, it's not OK. Um, I can't eat. It's too salty. And he said, I'll get you another one. And I, and I said, no, no. Look, my wife's finished her meal. She, I'll be having main course. She's having a dessert. It's not romantic. You've lost the moment. So um, he went away, took the plate away. And he uh, it was tense. He was so nervous. And at the end of the evening, um, I went over to... We left a good tip, right? I, you know... A year ago, without this stuff, I would not have left a good tip. I would not have left a tip. I would not left... I, the only tip I would have given him, you need Jesus in your life. That would have been the only <laughs> tip. <laughs> but I went over to him, and he was standing far away from me. I went over to him, and I shook his hand. I said, I just want to thank you and honour you for, for the, the way your staff serve you. You have trained them so well. It was like a moment for him. The whole atmosphere changed. It, it just changed the whole... The whole atmosphere. The waitress came back. She asked us to pray for her. She found out who we were, what we did. She asked us to pray for her daughter. She was crying. Um, she was just so grateful. Um, we went away. The next, the, the, the end of our mini, mini holiday, uh, when we left, these waitresses and the manager... Stood there spontaneously shaking our hand and embracing us, and one of them was crying. Everybody else, and it was mainly Germans actually, um, there's a lot of Germans resort down that way, and uh, the people there, and they must have thought we were left a hundred euro tip because they couldn't, because you could, hello, <laughs> nice to see you. They couldn't work out what this spontaneous affection. And love was all about. And I thought, well, what's happened here, Father? Because we, we walked, talked about it when we, we went back to our room. And we, we realised the culture of the kingdom had been set through generosity and honour. And it, it felt like the rest of that week, the, the whole atmosphere, whenever we went to the restaurant at lunchtime, which was a lot cheaper, it was, it, it, it was impregnated with the kingdom of God. There's lots of opportunities to share. So I want to say to you, this stuff changes the atmosphere and it changes our lives too. Generosity. We're going to be speaking about treasures, but I want to first speak about time because Jesus had a generosity of time for people whom the disciples wouldn't have a generosity for time for. They would get frustrated with Jesus because he spent time where he shouldn't have spent time, according to their wisdom, because Jesus was God's love manifested. And we'll look at talents and we'll look at treasures. Now, Jesus talked about getting personal breakthrough. He's going to surprise you, I'm going to say, but he, Jesus talked about the need to get personal breakthrough in generosity so that we can experience the kingdom flowing through us. It's so important that you and I get this if we're going to be used by God for more. And I, you know, If you want to be used by God for more, if the desires of your heart are to be used by more by God, and I hope they are, this is the secret of the kingdom. Jesus said... I am giving you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock. I am giving you the keys of the kingdom. This is the kingdom that as we receive it, it will multiply and further expand the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 14. Um, I, I won't have time to go into it, but um, Luke 14, verses 15 to 24. Um, just to paraphrase, Jesus had just healed. He'd, had, he'd spent time with a man who had dropsy, um, and the, 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 the modern term for his ed, ed, edema? edema. Edema. And you, one of the symptoms can be swelling of the legs. Um, but Jesus healed him in that moment. And if anybody's got that problem now, Father, just would you come by your spirit and start healing process and reduce swelling of the legs and whatever symptoms are causing it. Holy Spirit, it's the same Jesus, you're here. As you were two thousand years ago. We pray you bring healing. Amen. And clearly, Jesus saw the frustration amongst some of the people that they weren 't engaging in the way Jesus was engaging, so he tells his parable of a wedding feast and you know um, there, there was, um, it was people were invited to the king 's wedding feast, and the three, th- three groups of people made three different excuses because they didn 't want to go along to that feast but it 's interesting the context that Jesus told that story in it was connected to Jesus having just spent time with somebody in need and bringing healing to them. So he correlates that with being invited to a feast. How strange. Now Jesus goes on to say, "Well, there was, there's one person said, "Well, um, what is it? I, I've, uh, I must get this right. I bought me a field. I can't, I can't get involved in this because I, I get involved in this feast because I've just bought me a field." What does that represent? Too much time focused on business advancement. Too much time. There's nothing wrong in business advancement. But if there's too much time you're spending in that and not in where Jesus is going, and you make an excuse, and you'll miss out on being the food of the kingdom. It's like a feast. And secondly, a, a little, I don't really understand this one, I've got 10 cows. I mean, how do you put that in a modern-day translation? I've just been on eBay all day and I've got a real good deal. Like, what a waste of time. I mean, just go down to the shop and buy something. It'll save you loads of money and time. And the third one, I married a wife, so I cannot come, or I dare not come, one of the two. <laughs> Never get those mixed up. So what's your excuse? for spending time with people who perhaps the disciples of Jesus wouldn't have spent time with. What's your excuse? Is there an excuse or are you there on it? My wife's there on it. When we came out of our, of our room and I got my towel and going down to the, um, not, well, it was to the beach, and swimming pool on the beach, I said, come on darling, we'll, we'll, you know, we've got to get some sun. And she said, well, I just want to talk to the lady who cleans the rooms. And she, every day, Sue wanted to keep talking to her and I wanted to get down to the beach. The last day of our holiday, Sue just went and hugged her spontaneously and the woman broke down in tears and she was able to share that God loves her and she's got a plan for her life. I, I'm still learning this stuff. I thank <coughs> God for my wife because she's, something happening with her that is just opening people's hearts. It's only God's love flowing through us. But she had time where I didn't. You know, I was on a mission to enjoy myself. She was on a higher mission to be used by Jesus. And so, what Jesus is saying here is I've never seen this before. Look, getting involved in loving people and having time with people and showing the sharing the love of God, the kingdom of God, whether it's generosity, kindness, the gospel, praying for them, that's a feast. Yeah. That is a feast. Yeah. And when we walked away from that restaurant um, that evening, um, what happened was I was still hungry. Right? <laughs> I can't survive just on mussels. Oh, what was it? And cheesecake. And cheesecake. <laughs> my wife said that not me that doesn't count I want meat but when we went away I said to Sue I feel so full I feel so full Jesus was at the well in John chapter 4 there's a woman who had five husbands and she came to get water and Jesus was sitting there most of you know the story and his disciples were on a mission to get food because they were hungry so they went off into town and they came back and they said Jesus we've got the food and Jesus said, well, I've got food you don't know nothing about. And they said, well, who gave him the food? <sighs> no, I've got, I've got, my food is to do the Father's will. I'm full. You just have the Big Macs. I'm full. i this for me is a feast because that's the heart of God because the heart of the Father for that woman who's got broken relationships, broken marriages, that's more important. And it, that, we've got to live out of our spirit, not out of our soul. Yeah. This is this is really good stuff. This is enjoyment. This is the desires of my heart. It really is. You see, why is God so interested in generosity? The answer is this it's love in action. Generosity is love in action. Rick Warren, author of Purpose Driven Life, he said this. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Yeah. Yeah. It's love. It's the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts with the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. Yeah. <laughs> that's who we are. We are, we are. we are an incredible people. We are unique. We can transform our bit of society, through the love of God, the compassion of God, whether you're, you're a GP in a doctor's surgery or whether you're, you're serving in a retail posh clothes outset like, like Mike does. Very posh place where Mike... He's, he's number one dresser in the town, in our church. But what a servant. Did you know that Mike, on his day off, comes and paints down the riverside? On his day off. What do you do on your day off? Do you think, oh, day off... This guy, I just want to come and serve. I want to come and serve. Because he's caught something of this next element of generosity. That's our talents. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A tower built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Mike, I glorify my Father in heaven because of your serving. Where's Mark Hopkins? Give us a wave, Mark, if you're here. Mark, I I thank God for your serving. You see, we had a great men's meeting yesterday at the Riverside. James organised it so well, so well. When you walked through, guys, under that canopy of the Riverside, you wouldn't have known that the, the canopy in the porch had been... It took Mark one day to sand it down and another day to prep it. And nobody would have noticed. But I'll tell you what father noticed. Mark's a postman. He's been doing that on his days off. Days off. I've got a day off, I'll do that. Next week, I've got a day I'll do that. That is how we use our talents. It's a generosity of our talents. We sew them into... His purpose is, that's the desire of our hearts. It's more than just attending on a Sunday, which I know most of you aren't into anyway. We, we, we're, we're, a, we're a family, we're a, king, we're a kingdom of priests to God, we're serving. And so gen- having a generosity of, of, of time and talents is a supernatural way of expressing the love of God. Proverbs 11.24 said this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Do you remember Morecambe and Wise, any of you? You know, when, when, Eric, when Ernie used to open his wallet, Eric used to clap and kill the moth that flew out of it. <laughs> but I, when I've, I've seen these guys grow in God because they're expressing generosity. Their world is getting bigger and bigger. How how big? How's your well doing? Is it shrinking, or getting bigger? Well, I don't want to step out with my talent because I'm, I'm shy, I'm bashful. You know, nobody would think much of me. The Holy Spirit's in you. You, God's not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Yes. Step out. For we did not receive a spirit of slavery, leading again to fear, but received a spirit of adoption, by which we might cry. Habit. And this is, the, this is the foundation about all we're saying. Because we are sons. We are sons and daughters now of the king. It's, it's not, we're not servants, we're not doing it because, we're, oh yes, good servant. Because I'm a son, I do it. I do it. If any, what Jesus said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Sometimes serving in your gifting in the church means going that extra distance, a, a spirit of generosity with our talents. At the Riverside the other week, uh, Eddie, right, Eddie, he said, I'll, 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 I'll cut the front edge. Uh, there was, a, there was a, a safeguarding conference on that, Debbie had done, and it was a great time. And you had two lots of um, electric extension cables, didn't you, right across the car park? And uh, we've got a new one, petrol, a petrol hedge cutter now. So, very good. Um, and you you started cutting that, and I thought, you know, because we work on a two-hour shift, you do, Saturday mornings every other week down there. Eddie was, I said, Eddie, come, you've got to, you've got to go, you got you got you to go home, clear off the lunch. I want to finish it. I want to finish it. he was five hours doing this edge, five hours till two o'clock on a s- Saturday afternoon. What? Where did that come from? He's not getting paid for it. You didn't. He won't get overtime. <laughs> Well, I want more money because I'm doing an extra hour of this, doing that. No, it's because of the spirit of generosity, of the love of God, he wants to get this thing sorted. Eddie wrote me an email um, afterwards. I didn't know you, you didn't know I was going to write this, read this out, but he said this Hi, Graham and Sue. I, I'm not sure how to express this clearly, but over the last few months, as I've been looking to serve God practically, be it at the riverside or mowing the lawns of the widows in the church, which Eddie does. I'm finding I can experience his presence in the act of service in a, way which that, in a way that doesn't necessarily happen during a quiet time. I find a joy in hearing little words of encouragement that when we give our time in his service rather than just meeting our own needs. Yeah. Ah, that's the kingdom coming. We get in this stuff and it's transforming us. Yesterday at the men's meeting, James did a great job. He, he organised um, two ministers from the Church of England to come and speak to us. Um, one from Tunbridge Wells and one off the, the marshes of Kent, the previous vicar of Wye. And they were saying, man, God's giving you a great resource here. God's with you. They were seeing it. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. We are receiving a kingdom. Children and youth ministry, hosting team. We, we, we need more people for that. Hosting team, what a wonderful thing that's happening there as we're welcoming people. You know, sign up for a year. It doesn't have to be forever. Sign up for a year. Get involved. Men, get involved in the children's ministry, youth ministry. It's, if you've got talents, give. And thirdly, the parable of treasures. Jesus talked a lot about Money. 16 of the 38 parables Jesus told were concerned with how to handle finance and possessions. In the Gospels, an amazing one out of 10 verses directly deal with the subject of money. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on possessions and money. That's, that's amazing. I didn't know that until I studied this. There must be a reason in God's word for that emphasis. You're saying, Graham, well, we're doing this just because of the offering. No, we're not. This is, this is not about the offering. This is about... It's not about the sum. It's about raising sons and daughters into glory. If we get the spirit of generosity... Having a big offering this year. We have one every year. We've got to get into this. I'll explain why. It's good news in a moment. But we're a kingdom people with the invitation to be generous, not just faithful. Well, I've been faithful with my finances. Yeah, but God wants you to be generous so he can give you more, so you can give away more. It's it's linked to a culture of Honour. It's not just honouring others, it's honouring God with our first fruits. Yeah. It really is. Um, in the Old Testament, God had some challenges with his ancient people. He said, well, you look, honour me with your lips, but your heart is far away from, from me. And he had to keep pulling them back to this. Because where, you, where your heart is, that's where your giving will be. So God invites us, his people, to honour him, with our finances giving guidelines to stimulate faith and express devotion to him in his fathering he blesses us his children with more so you can abound in increased giving for every new good expanding work you 've got to get that bit you really have to get that bit that the more you give into his purposes, the more you God will ensure that it comes back to you so that you can carry on giving more. And sometimes some of it sticks, that's great, but you don't do it to get more. That's health and wealth gospel which we despise. But as the kingdom of God expands, God has found this wonderful way to resource kingdom expansion through his people. And as new Christians come along, they're discovering this joy of giving and God's blessing. So you, we, we're all being caught up in it, and it's ever increasing from faith to faith. I mean, is it Rick Warren? He he gives away ninety percent of his income now, and lives on ten percent. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's just, I and mean, you know, I'll say this publicly: Sue and I are committing ourselves to to be more radical in this area, because how can we lead you, with fellow leaders, without you, without us, embracing this? So, as they say in Spanish, "Cuánto es?" Do you know what that means? How much? Okay. ¿Combien? In French, what does that mean? Okay. much. Okay. Lo, la, ma, na mi. How much? <laughs> Come on, you Nigerians, help me here. It's, <laughs> it's meant to be Yoruba. Hilo loma na mi. Is that right? No. No. Can anybody help a dying man? Say, how do you say how much in Nigeria? In Yaruba, you're smiling the most. Can you shout it out? Eloni. Sorry, Eloni loney. Yeah. You don't want a loan. <laughs> so the question we're all raising, no matter what nationality we are, is God, how much? How much? How much? Tim Keller, a renowned Bible teacher, said this. Jesus points to the Pharisees' faithful tithing and said that they nonetheless neglect the justice and the love of God. Interesting, the love of God in Luke 11.42. He then says they indeed should do the former thing, tithing, but not neglect the latter. So Jesus seems to assume that believers would tithe. That's give a tenth. Husband and wife, give a tithe. If you're both working, give a tithe. But he continues. But if we're going to think about our relationship to the Old Testament tithe, surely we're more blessed than the Old Testament saints. I want to pause now because you brought a a fabulous word this morning, Simon. Do you remember what you said? The 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 glory of the new is greater than the old. The glory of the new is a greater covenant, isn't it? With greater blessing, greater responsibility, greater power, greater kingdom release. So the new... Covenant is greater. Why then, he goes on, would we assume that we would expect to be less generous? So Christians should see the Old Testament tithe as a kind of minimum percentage of their income to give away. That is, you know, I, until recently, last year or so, we were, we were there. I remember first struggling with this, coming into giving a tenth. What we learn, I'll say this: the best time to learn these principles when you've not got a lot. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. when you've not got a lot, learn the principles of giving because God abundantly blesses. Yeah. I'd love to go into a, a, a personal story of a situation where we, God proved that in the most profound way. We only had, we were living on five pound a week, and uh, anyway, I, I won't go. But God multiplied something <coughs> because we learned when we hadn't got it, to do it. Because the more you get, the more difficult it is to do it, to transition, because other things creep in. And you know, we're the losers in that. It's recorded in Acts twenty twenty five on a nearby beach at Ephesus. The Apostle Paul had been there for three and a half years, planting a church. And he got the elders together, and he, his farewell speech... Just to condense it, he basically said this to them: his final words. Believe the gospel and live radical, generous lives. So, yeah. in a nutshell, then he quoted the words of Jesus. That it's—I don't think these words of Jesus that he quoted are found in the gospels. I might be wrong on that. He said, Jesus, he said, and Jesus himself said, "It is more blessed to give than to receive." So that was laying an apostolic foundation into a church that was going to change the Middle East. Because he knew Paul knew that that would be the way for them to for for multiplication spiritually and how they would grow in God. There's some American bishops in the 70s um, that were responding to a. Yeah, but used to do bumper stickers. You know, there used to be a bumper sticker going around on in some Christian circles in America. It says, "Honk if you love Jesus." Right. Then some American bishops got some, um, their own stickers on, and they said, thee of you love Jesus. Anyone can honk. <laughs> <laughs> but at least are moving towards the right direction. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. There's a multiplication thing going on here. So I'm passionate about this, that we get it. It's not about raising the sum, because next year or year there could be another sum. What it's about is us getting through into supernatural kingdom living, where we learn to take steps of faith and generosity and honouring God. That's That's what's at stake here. And in doing it, it's not killed us, it works, but I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, I'm not doing that, because the more you receive, the more you give, and that's the adventure that Jesus is saying, he said it's like a feast, I just, I just love feasts, I love food, it's good, Billy Graham said this, Sometimes God tests our faith just as he tested the faith of the ancient Israelites by allowing them to go through hard times in the wilderness in order that we may find out what's in our heart. Last year at the special offering, Sue and I, we talked about it a lot beforehand. Sue, Sue normally wants to give more than I do, so we reached a, a, you know, we, we, we agree a, a composite figure. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we made a... For us it was the biggest offering we've ever given in our lives and as we popped the envelope in we we said to ourselves God, you are faithful. Two days later Sue had an email come through from her work employer saying that she's been made redundant. Two days later. If that happened 20 years ago I I would have fell through the floor. But you know, we didn't. Because we're we a bit of growth in our lives, we know that God is faithful, and um, so Sue had this she'd, she had this idea of starting her own business at sixty. <coughs> Don't tell out No, sorry, Donnie, shouldn't have said that. But 60-something. she's sixty something. Okay. <laughs> It was supernatural. People were coming to her, asking, "Can you get in? Can you serve us with our nursing homes in helping to inspect, ready for CQC inspections?" We 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 totted it up, didn't we? Twelve months exactly on from the offering, we were given two hundred percent back of what we had been given at the offering. I received it. From Sorry. Yeah, received it. Back. Received it back. Yeah, received it back. Two hundred percent. Jesus said this is this is kingdom stuff, so we give him more away. We've been stretched. So this week we're saying, God, we I think we can be stretched even further in this area. Now we give to other things, not just the church. We know that. But there is a principle of giving into God's storehouse. And as we learn individually to do this, we as a church Leadership as a church, we're learning to do it. So we give away tenth. We're moving up from a tenth. So over the last year, we've got some slides um, of these are some of the recipients of giving. Uh, New Frontiers Catalyst for church planting across the nations and unreached people groups. Bedford King's Arms Church Hub, part of uh, Catalyst. Helping to develop our recording studio, King's Church Horsham Apostolic Support, Mission Aviation Fellowship, based in Ashford but touching the world, Porchlight Homeless Trust for Kent, Mercy Ships for Stuart and Francis Clear, working into Africa, Hope for Children Kenya with, with Helen, Stephen Bridget um, I nearly called him Stephen Bridget Brussels, Stephen Bridget Bree, um, into Brussels. It's great to see Steve here today. He's now with serving with the youth, um, their church plant there, Compassion Trust India, Ben Goodman's development of his prophetic ministry. Um, he's getting involved in the, the underground churches in, in um, a big, very big country in the Far East. And uh, Elm Tree Farm Christian Conference Centre for Young People. These are most, but not all, what we're given. So we give. Because that's who we are. We give. And we'll receive, we'll give more. We said at the beginning of this cultural series that to embrace these cultural values it would mean taking up the cross daily, yeah? Because sometimes it's hard to honour people who don't honour you, take up the cross. It's Sometimes it's hard to encourage people who don't honor, encourage you. Sometimes it's hard to take risk ta- taking faith when the enemy is pressing in, don't do it. And it will be hard to be living kingdom generous lives supernaturally because it's <coughs> It's not only countercultural, you've got to do it with faith and not fear. And I think that's why Jesus emphasized this, as well as him knowing that in doing this, we will be fully expressed in the love of the Father. And Jesus was the most generous person that ever lived because he gave his life, he gave it all for us. So this week, what we're concluding, I want to conclude by saying this now, that when I, as James has helpfully said, it was the 24th of June that we're going to take the offering that was printed before we made it decision to defer a week because we, one of the reasons for this is that we, it's really important that you pray this through. We don't like credit cards. We don't, we don't do the credit card thing, you know. Don't do that for offerings. But married couples... Will you pray together? Single people, pray, share. But the purpose behind this, bigger than the offering, we want 50 grand for stuff we need to do. Okay, Ministry expansion, stuff at the riverside. Um, there's a load of stuff we want to get the, sh- um, the, the roof on the, on the garage. We've been storing all the New Day stuff. We got it out last week. It was full of mould and the mice have eaten some of it. I mean, we should have got the roof done before, but we didn't have enough faith. That's going to be five grand. We want to do a a number of things at the Riverside, ministry expansion. But we we really do want you to... If we're going to catch this cultural thing, it's not about raising a son, it's about raising sons and daughters who can begin to move in risk-taking faith and prove that God exists. The one proof that God exists, that he gave of himself, is in Malachi 3. He said, test me in this. If you honor me with your giving, I will pour out the windows of heaven upon you. That's a, that's a... Well, prove if God exists. Prove if God exists. Even some non-Christian companies are proving this. They don't even realise it. They're realising that by being a blessing and being generous and giving to others, they find their business increases. Because it's a spiritual, supernatural principle they're pulling down. But just dream for a minute. If we come through on this, like we do on honouring, we can do see extraordinary things come through in our life, and God will bless us more, whether it's employment, legacies, all that stuff. But if it's having that faith, and it's related to how much you've got, some will give more than others. But it's the faith that God is a faithful God. We got that? Because this this will set the kingdom culture at a higher level in this church. And it may be that some of you have fallen off a bandwagon as, as, as mature Christians because I've stopped tithing for a bit. Get back into it. Get back into it. And more. Because... That pro, pro, there's a, this promise uh, it, it's, it's really resonating with me. All goes well for the generous man who conducts his business fairly. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances, but God's constant care of him will make, him, will make a deep impression on all who see it. We've not got the fanciest car in our driveway, I tell you, in our cul de sac, which paid for and we're happy and we're happy serving so if you can go away and pray next week um, in our worship before we go to multiplex we'll give it back to God so Father I pray no I'm going to stop Richard Evans Church trustees, would you like to come and pray This culture was set at an even higher level. I want to say, while Richard's coming out, this church is an outrageously generous church. We know that many are, have got this. Right? Our fear is, along with other churches globally, that the next generation coming through haven't got it and you're living on the faith of other people. You're living on the faith of older people who, who, who give regularly but you don't yourself. And if you're keeping what should be God's because the te- yeah, all of it belongs to God. Right? If you're keeping what belongs to God and spending on something else, you're making an idol for yourself. Whatever that idol may be, if you're spending what should be God's on something else, you're making an idol of that thing. Yeah, yeah Lord, we thank you. You are Jehovah Jireh, my God will provide. And Lord, I, I pray for each one of us that you would stir our hearts this week. Lord uh, you love a generous giver and I pray between now and and next Sunday Lord that you would do a deep work in each one of us and Lord I pray Lord next Sunday let there be joy in the house Lord as we bring Lord this offering before you thank you Lord Uh, yeah you're a lavish God and I Lord we know with confidence Lord that as we give you will give back more than we can possibly imagine so Lord we just ask that you bless each one of us this week um yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Could I just finish with one story? Okay, so we can chill out now. Uh, I heard it um, from uh, Rick Warren. He, he's got a friend in leadership. He said this, um, his, uh, this guy, um, the dad goes out to buy french fries from McDonald's for his son. His dad said they smelled so good as he reached over and took one of the french fries from his son's bag. And his son shouts out, Dad, you can't have any of these. These are mine. The dad recalled immediately that he had three thoughts. Number one, my son had forgotten that I am the source of all French fries. (laughs) He would have no French fries if it was not for me. I drove him there, I paid for the fries, I gave him the fries. He would have no fries in life if it was not for his father. Second thought. The second thought was that my child doesn't realise that I could take them all away. If I wanted to, no more till after supper, or I could have gone back and brought him a truckload of fries if I'd wanted to. And thirdly, I really didn't need his French fries. If I really wanted to, I could have gone and bought a whole lorry load myself. I just wanted my son to learn unselfishness. I wanted him to learn... How to share. Then he concludes there are three, these are the three same reasons why our Heavenly Father wants us to learn to give generously. If God was not generous, we would not have anything. Amen. Well,